Welcome to For Fox Sake. My name is Pete Selby. And uh, Rob, we've just watched uh, Leicester win away at Norwich on the back of the win away at Southampton. Although their downturn in form means it probably wasn't as good as we originally thought. But uh, this is uh, literally minutes after the final whistle. How are you, Rob? I am absolutely shattered because uh, I will be honest, I missed the first half of the Norwich game because I was playing five aside. But I did get uh, one very detailed update from you. Uh, which was the new Turkish lad is, uh, and then insert your expletive for not very good there. So I missed the first half, 10 o'clock on a school night. You're lucky to have me here, but I'm I'm ready to talk football. Well, HMS Piss the League is in full steam ahead, so we're absolutely fine. Yes, yeah, some, some strong viewpoints. Um, we've got the game against Hull, we've got the game against Southampton and the game against Norwich that's just happened uh, to kind of go over and, and form our, our, our opinions. Uh, and I'm coming straight in with some forthright opinions. Now, Rob, um, I was at the Invictus Games over in Dusseldorf, for, so I was unavailable. Uh, we, we said before that it's probably very easy that I will be able to do the pod. No, 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 no. It was no chance at all. No way. So, unfortunately, that's why... Um, we couldn't do a pod last week, uh, so that's my fault, but there was just zero chance. Brilliant week, but my word, no, there was not one second of time. Anyway, um, that's my excuse out of the way. And it's a shame, really, because I would have said absolutely exactly the same as what I'm going to say now regarding some of the players and the way things are. You know, you, you can lose at home against Hall, okay? And um, I, I went there as a supporter, rather than as a commentator, so that was different. And it didn't click in the final third. It really didn't. And they they scored a very good goal. And the issues that we were kind of highlighting before, they were all kind of laid out, you know, they played nice football, etc., etc., but not really working going forward. And then it all kind of seems right two games later, two uh, perceived difficult games away at Southampton, away at Norwich. But... um. That to one side, the form and the fact that we're second in the league and everything's fine and HMS pissed the league and all that sort of stuff. Uh, put that to one side. Just a, a word on a few of the players. So the, the the new players, the two new wingers especially. Um, so you've got, um, who I'm still calling the, the Turkish lag. Um, and we've got uh, Fatu as well. Um, so Akun then, he played um, in the first half against... Hull, um, quite amazed he came back out for the second half, and, and then Fatui came on for the second, say, half, but 40 minutes. Um, Southampton, uh, again, um, making appearances, etc., and in the game, um, also at Tranmere and that, and, and, and you've got um, the game tonight where... Um, he, he he actually started in more of an eight rather than out wide, but he kind of pulled out wide still. And then Fatiru came on with, what, 15 minutes to go, roughly. Um, 
again, the opinion I'm having on these two players has not changed one iota. And they are at completely different ends of the scale. What are your thoughts, Rob, just before I launch into it? Are we bracing ourselves for a late night Pete rant? I think that's what's coming, isn't it? Uh, I haven't seen anything at all from Yunus Atgun that, that would make me want to start him in a Leicester shirt in the championship. Uh, the fact that he's already started in two different positions either suggests to me that Maresca thinks he's wonderfully versatile or he's loaned this player in, hoping he can play somewhere and go, on, oh, hang on, oh, he, wa- he wasn't great there. Shall we try him somewhere else? And then he wasn't great there tonight. So where do we go from here? He's He looks... He looks like another left-footed, weak player from the continent, like Gazal, like um, uh, Cengiz Under. You know, it just looks like he looks like in rondos and and little passing drills and little one twos and that he'd be an amazing footballer. But put him on an eleven-a-side football pitch against Championship opposition, you're a bit like, what does he do? Not sure. He's, we're only a few games in. Look, you know, some players have have taken time to bed in. Riyad Mahrez, another left-footed wide player that, that took a while to get going. But when he got going, didn't he get going? Fatou's different. Fatou's stronger. I think his decision-making is questionable at times so far. But he's a young lad. He's enthusiastic. He, he's not getting a huge amount of game time straight away. So he's probably wanting to impress a little bit more. Uh, but I quite like him. He's quick, he, he's direct, he's positive. I think he will have a good time in the championship, uh, but I'm not sold on that gun, to be honest, and, and I'm imagining that is what is coming our way right now from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I asked, actually, what's the best debut you've seen for Leicester? Just a, a, a kind of a, a kind of generic question. We know quite a few. Robbie Gamble came up with Stan Collymore. Yes, that home debut against Sunderland. Um, which I, th- I think is the it's the right answer. If there ever is one, it's the right answer. Um, Ewan Roberts, Alan Young, uh, Mark Bright um, scored twice, um, says uh, Chris Guttridge. Uh, Junior Lewis, of course, was the, the ultimate kind of... He did really well. It was Chelsea at home. Played really well on debut and, of course, was awful. Um, so a few saying Gary Lineker... On Twitter, Junior Lewis again from Mark and Summers. Uh, Chris Wood bagged on his debut. Uh, and then Colin Moore, which I think it's kind of like, you know, it really is the, the defining answer. Um, yeah, strong views. Uh, first of all, absolutely, completely right about the fact that um, a player takes time to settle in. Okay. Might even take a year. Who knows? And then you look at, say, Vardy, you know, the way that he took time. There's there's the ultimate answer, isn't it, for giving a player time? Uh, but, of course, there's no, no time for that on a podcast, isn't there, Rob? Uh, I'm going to cast iron say now my opinion on these two players, and they are completely at one end and the other end of the spectrum. First of all, the Turkish lad ain't good enough. He's not good enough at all. It, that home debut, I'm not being... He did not try and take on the fullback once and he had a few occasions to try and do that. Didn't want to. Passing the ball back. Looked scared. Um, today, 
he's just not good enough. He's not good enough. I liked his attitude on a few occasions when he got up and worked hard. I just don't think there's a, a, a player there at all. Someone like Jewsbury Hall comes on, he's a lot better. Is he going to be a number eight? No, he's not. He's not. Is he a winger? No, he's not. McAteer's twice the player he is. I'm sorry. McAteer's been playing very well. So, yeah, a bit of a dud by the looks of things. Um, he, he doesn't have the pace of an uh, a Cengiz under. Um, no, I just don't think he's good enough at all. But he's a loan signing, so he can go back. Um, but, now, Fatuid, I asked this question because that 40 minutes against Hull, granted he was playing right in front of where I was sat, I thought was a stunning debut. The way he moved inside and hit the post with his left foot, fantastic. But everything he did, I think, actually worked. So, yes, the shot hit the post, but he beat his man, got his shot off, and he hit the target slash post. He, when he went on the outside, he sat the play on his backside, got to the byline, chipped cross, good cross. When he laid the ball off, he laid the ball off into someone's instep. When he tried to beat someone on the outside and go to the byline again... He did it through pace and skill. And when he tried to chop in between two players, guess what? He did it. Like everything he did actually worked. Okay. So I, I sat there going, this is a, a brilliant debut. Fantastic. Very similar, I would say, to, and, and I'm not comparing the players at all, very similar to when Mares came on um, to make his debut. Um, I, and it was instant. You're like, wow, this, this, hang on. This guy has just got it. He's a step above. And I went away from that ground, from the King Power, going, this guy, for me, looks a level above what he's playing against. Anyway, you then fast forward. He plays against um, Southampton quick when there's end-to-end football, when it's uh, he's driving, and then he's passing the ball forwards. He's passing. The, he's always looking forward. And he's making that simple pass into Iheanacho to set up what should have been a, a, a goal, but it wasn't impressive and then today he comes on now you might look at that performance and highlight against Norwich uh, a few good players I thought Chowdhury was excellent uh, Winks has been excellent since he's put on a blue shirt uh, the defense was great um, maybe one player will come on to a sec but he came on and again everything he did came off he was stuck on the touchline he went one way and then passed the ball down the touchline and it stayed in he managed to beat a guy after slightly miscontrolling the ball, probably the first thing I've seen him do, beat the guy on the outside. Could he find a cross to the back post? Inch perfect. McAteer somehow doesn't score with a header. Does he then get the ball out wide? Does he go down the touchline? No. He drills a cross-field pass straight to the feet of McAteer. Yeah, that was a great pass, that. And without even thinking. Now, he did that also in the home game against Hull. So all these... I'm sitting there going... Hang on, is anyone else watching this guy? He's not actually, for a winger, he's actually not done anything. I think that this guy looks mint. Like, really, really good. I'd love to see him start on Saturday. Surely, with the way that they've rotated the side, it's kind of his turn to start. But, wow. I mean, Mavadidi's obviously a good player. You know, he's, he's, he is quality. You know, you can see at this level, he's very good. But this guy, for 18 years old, he was walking when he went over to clap. I was keeping my eye on the TV, watching him coming over to the away fans tonight, clapping. Looks part of the team, jumping on players when they score. He just looks a player now. Whether it's through fitness, whether that's why he's not started because he's not had a, a full preseason, I don't know. But if you just add up all the things that he's actually 
when he gets the ball, I'd love to see if there's a stat on how many times he's actually given the ball away or he's not actually beaten his man. I can't really remember one. And I know we're talking a very small bit, but wow. Like just he looks a real step above. And talk about two ends of the spectrum then. So one guy, nah, not for me, Clive. Um, but the other guy really is very not not even very, very good. Like I'm I'm really, really encouraged by this guy. Very, very excited. And I've not been excited by a player who I've had no idea who it is before maybe seen since someone like Wesley Fofana when he arrived no one had a clue who he was and all of a sudden you saw him play and went oh yes okay I get it I get it this guy turns up from Sporting Lisbon no idea and straight away it's like okay I completely get what kind of player you are you just look and you look a step above this lot you really do and when I mean this lot I mean the opposition so yeah massively buoyed but yeah that's that's what I reckon that article we referred to in the last podcast about him basically being the hottest African talent around, now all of a sudden, based on your opinion there, doesn't quite sound so far-fetched, does it? Obviously, we've only seen snapshots of him in a in a handful of games in a Leicester shirt so far, but hopefully we're going to see a lot more of him this season. And and the really positive thing is that Mavadidi is, is clearly a very key player in the, in the Maresca setup, so he's starting virtually every game is available for uh, and only when um he really needs a rest or or the game is is safeish is he being sort of rested winks is another player in that in that kind of category where where possible Maresca wants him on the pitch at all times he's integral to the to the system of course he is and i think Cody will become that as well when he replaces Vestergaard once he's back up to speed but the the exciting thing is that yes, Mavadidi is probably going to hold down that left hand side um, of of the front three more often than not. The the players that you can interchange then on the right hand side are, are great because McAteer is just full of I'm playing for Leicester enthusiasm and he's bagged what four goals. Yes, he should have had uh, a couple tonight. That that header he's mistimed it from the Fatawu cross, uh, but he's he's put the tapping in from Dewsbury Hall late on, four goals. That, that's a great start for an academy lad who we thought would not necessarily be making up the numbers, but I don't think anybody would have expected to see him start this many games, but he's he's made it so that Maresca has to start him because he's having such an impact on the games. Uh, and that is probably one of the things that's keeping Fatou on the bench more often than not. Uh, but you've got Fatou who looks great to, to come in whenever. You've got Wanya Marcel who's basically been almost demoted back to the uh, development squad uh, because the the competition for, for places in, in the wide areas is so good. And this is exactly what we haven't had at Leicester for a couple of years. It's, um, it's what we bemoaned in the last sort of 18 months or so. The fact that Rodgers, yes, he made some, some what we would call errors and, and errors of judgment. But ultimately, nobody in that team, in that Leicester team, was was fearful of the fact that somebody could step in and replace them. Whereas you look at the Leicester squad now and the fact that we made five changes tonight and the bench was obviously ridiculously strong. You're looking at that going, is that a championship bench? That's crazy. But every single player, even if they know that they're only going to get 60 minutes or so and they're going to get changed for their counterpart for the last half an hour, they're working their asses off for that 60 minutes because they know... The next game, if if this fella comes on for the last half an hour and does a better job than them, 
he might start the next one and they're warming the bench. So the competition for places is great because you've got quality players to come in. Now, I don't think our midfield looked as good um, with the the players that started there. But, I mean, I say I don't think. Our midfield was not as good with those players starting there. Winks again in the centre of it. Uh, Kazaday um, and uh, Atgum were sort of the the box-to-box men, the ones getting in, uh, getting beyond. Um, they're not, they're not going to... When, when you're picking your strongest team and you've not got to rest somebody for like... Because it's a midweek game and you're playing sort of Saturday, Wednesday, Friday, Wednesday, what we've done Friday, Wednesday, Saturday this week, isn't it? Um, you're not always going to have as strong a side. And I would prefer to see Kazaday coming on for the last 20, 30 minutes rather than starting a game. So I don't think he's quite... He's not there yet. He's a bit. He's a kid, isn't he, Casaday? And he's he's going to take a bit of a bit of time to to get up to speed. There's a player there, but I just think the championship is is so brutal and so intense that he looks a little bit a little bit below par at the minute. But the fact that then come what 57 minutes, who's there over on the touchline ready to come on? Dewsbury Hall, who we on this podcast absolutely love for his attitude alone saying to start of the season I'm going to be the best player in the championship this season uh, Wilfred and Didi who looks revitalised in his sort of leggy up and down the pitch role them two are coming on when you're 1-0 up against the team that are one place behind you in the league and they're coming on to play the last 35-40 minutes it's a brilliant position to be in and it's it's a real credit and, and I don't think uh, many people have said this over the last 4-5 years at Leicester is a credit to, largely to the recruitment squad, at Gunner's side, obviously, uh, the recruitment team, rather, and and to Enzo Maresca for sort of saying, right, I want these players to fit into this system. And here we are, having only lost one game this season, uh, brilliant away performance uh, against Southampton. Yes, they self-imploded quite drastically at times. Uh, another one where we had to hold firm against Norwich tonight, but... The, the, everything's very, very positive. The only negative we've got here is is that gun and and kind of a half negative from me on Cassidy, and uh, we're flying at the minute. Yeah, I think also you you go into a side who have done very well this season in Norwich and look at the side that we actually put out. You're putting out Chowdhury as a right back as that defender going into the defense uh, going into um, into the midfield. Uh, to which I thought he had a, a really good game. It was perfect for him, you know, with the rain, etc. But he had a really good game. He's just the sort of player you need in a championship. Um, you've got Cassidy and Atgun in, in midfield. And I just don't think it was the game for Cassidy. I think you're looking at home games. I think that when it's... Um, again, I don't think the conditions were great. He's not the quickest player. Um, and he just wasn't quite at it. This was a proper championship game against a good team, and you needed to have that um, winks, that that chowdery inside you. Do you know what I mean? But I just don't think it was the game for those two at all. Um, obviously, I think that the Turkish guy is not good enough. But so at the end of the day, that's the way. Um, so, but but what I'm saying is that we've gone into the game with those with that as the team, and yet we've still come out on top. And when the crowd gets uh, on the back of players or on the back of the team for the way that they're playing because they want the ball going forward. I, I just think Leicester fans will, will, will understand. I think it's all, you're always going to have those home fans, especially home fans, who are going to be wanting football played the way that they've seen over the years. And I know it's been different styles, etc. at Leicester, but they're wanting the ball to go forward. And that's absolutely fine. But what you just there 
said there is, is the prime example of why patience is key because Leicester have that tremendous bench to come onto the field of play at some point, even if the likes of Ndidi and uh, Dewsbury Hall start, they still will have those impact subs to come and uh, to change the game. I thought they might may, may well have been brought on earlier against Hull, for example. Um, and I know it did click against Southampton. They've, I mean, the way that they've conceded goals, they're trying to play the same way as Leicester are playing. Russell Martin's going to play that sort of football, and it's seriously, seriously not working there. They lost against Ipswich the other day. Um, I did the highlights. Uh, before the Leicester game, actually. And the goal they gave away was exactly the same from the back. You know, the way that Leicester... I mean, um, the goalkeeper, Mads, he, he he passed to one of their players once and it hit the crossbar. They're going to concede that way. They literally are going to concede a, quite a few goals that way this season. It sounds crazy. Why would you do it? But it's the way that they're playing. Southampton have just... Come, every game, they're giving goals away like that. And, uh, and obviously, after Vardy's early goal... It it turned into a, a a very easy game really for Leicester against a, still a side of Southampton who can score a lot of goals in that league, but patience is going to be key. Um, but the way that we, again the, the the team that came on and it's very easy to then look at a player and go right I'd rather have him there him there. Um, very encouraged to see James Justin back playing and I think that role if Pereira is not playing is more suited to him. Love him in the back line. Um, pace for a start if someone like Volk Vass who's not slow uh, isn't going to be playing again Chowdhury I thought was excellent Winks has been superb all season um, Dewsbury Hall's a must in that position I'd like to see I mean I, I mentioned about Fatou playing well who's he going to replace uh, McAtee one side or Mavadidi the other side Mavadidi could easily come into that number 8 role alongside say uh, a Dewsbury Hall behind a forward that would be ideal possibly because he can play central and then have um Fatiru wide and guess what then you can swap around because if Fatiru just turns into you know all of a sudden he's like hang on this guy's just absolutely superb he, he maybe can come inside and play who knows but it's um, it's just a fantastic position to be in so that's what I would do in the home game against Bristol City but um, mentioning one thing and that's Casey McAteer um, Casey McAteer has been absolutely sensational I think this season and it's not just his goals. His goals have been really, really good. He's, it's his all-round play. It's his control. It's his it's his spatial awareness. The way he won't just try and beat his man all the time or cut inside. Or, as we've seen over the years with an umpteen amount of wingers, they get to a fullback and just kind of like tippy-tappy, oh my God, there's a footballer in front of me, what do I do? Um, he looks like a very intelligent player. Um, there was... Something actually in commentary they were talking about. Um, Brendan Rogers saw him in the under 17s and says and, and and mentioned that his his intelligence. He looks like a very intelligent player. He's obviously very quick, which is great. But he glides. He's he, he's a glider, and I know he missed that header, but he's had a a fantastic start to the season and looks a real crowd favourite as well. So yeah, brilliant start to him. Uh, the, the one the one kind of question mark I would say over a player and. Um, I mean, put it this way, he had a shocker really against Southampton. But Doyle, um, he's not the quickest, is he? He's he's a bit of a boat. And he he's obviously good on the ball. And he can obviously pass a ball. And he's good in those positions where, you know, he's got the ball in maybe an awkward situation, etc. But I think it's when he almost has too much time to think. Um, that's when the, oh, actually, what shall I do here? comes out. And... 
He gave the ball away so many times against Southampton. It was ridiculous. Tonight, I thought he was good tonight, but still one or two opportunities. Um, I just I just look at his... I think his pace is a huge question mark. Vestergaard's in the centre. And he's having a really good season, Vestergaard. Um, I'd love to see where Cody comes in. Does he just take over from Vestergaard? Or does Cody come in instead of Doyle just to the left? That would be, for me, the way I would go. I think Doyle's obviously a very good player, but he's, yeah, everything that's kind of slightly going to skew with the defence in recent games, and I know we get to clean sheet tonight, has pretty much come through him. So I'd be I'd be very interested to see how that defence lines up once a Cody is a is fully fit and ready to play. But uh, yeah, just just a few question marks about Doyle. Everyone can make mistakes, but I, I was quite alarmed by the amount to get about against Southampton. Doyle's an interesting one because he is still very very young, despite the fact that you look at how many appearances he's made. He basically played a full season at Coventry last season. You know, so he's got a full Championship season under his belt already, and. I think what he offers to the team in terms of the the shape and the way Moresca likes to play is the fact that he's left-footed. And if you take him out of the defence, I think you lose a lot of balance. I I completely take all of your points about him. Um, If he just needs to pop it five or ten yards square or into Winks' feet so he can turn it around the corner and, and get out of a tight spot, no danger there. Absolutely fine with that. But you're absolutely right. When he's got a little bit more time... It's almost a bit like he, he either makes a poor decision or tries a pass that's not quite within his um, range of ability. But the, the fact is, this this is a, a team that is still learning the system. He's a player that is definitely still learning his trade because the the amount of appearances he's made is, is impressive at his age. But you very rarely find... Uh, a defender, particularly one that is—I know he's played—he's he, pushed quite wide in the in the three that we that we form when we've got possession. But he's a he's a centre back, isn't he? Really, he can play left back because he's left footed. But he—you'd imagine that his position um, in in future years will be at, at centre back. It's rare that you find a centre back at that age who is who is at their sort of peak. You know, Wesley Fofana still had the odd. Um, rush of blood to the head, the, mo- the odd moment where you looked at him and go, oh yeah, he's still a kid, he's still got a lot to learn. Uh, obviously, he was he had a lot of other attributes that more than made up for that. Uh, and Doyle hasn't got the explosive kind of physicality that, that someone like Fafana had. And, and even out fast, because coming to Leicester when he did when we were in the Premier League was a, was a step up. Uh, and we started to rely on him very quickly with his with his attitude and his and his sort of all action performances but I don't know he's not he's not absolutely rapid fast but he's he's good physically and he, and he's quick enough that the odd time where he where there was a, a sort of a rogue uh, piece of positioning or or he miscontrolled something or missed a tackle he, he'd be able to recover that whereas Doyle especially in in the fact that it's fairly high risk football that what, what Leicester are playing in their in their own half um he does he does have a question mark over his head I think it would be unlikely that in the long term, like for most of the season, Cody would come in on the left-hand side of the three. Just just from that balance point of view, I, I might be wrong. I don't, I don't know. And and Vestergaard's having a very good season. Uh, he's he's kind of come 
properly from the wilderness. I can't think of many players, not just at Leicester, but in football in general, that have been so, so far away from the first team and then all of a sudden starting every week and and turning in some very decent performances. But it's so far away from the first team as in a footballer, but also from a sense of being a player at the club. I mean, it wasn't like there was it, it, he, he was frozen out. It was the fact that he was linked with a load of clubs and moves away and moves agreed and then turned down for all sorts of weird reasons. And yeah, just, and, and, and also the the fact that he was signed and for, for quite a lot of money and, and obviously on big wages. And it, it's just, it's been awful really, hasn't it? And then when he has come on through a lot of the time, no fault of his own, it's gone wrong at the club in the game. You know, he comes on in the 90th minute, we'll concede. Yeah, but this is the player that we thought we were buying. This is the player that had played a good couple of seasons at Southampton and been and been solid, uh, and that's his job. It, he's still got absolutely no pace whatsoever. But the fact that Leicester are not really playing particularly high lines most of the time, the idea is that the defence drop off to open up the space in the middle and Leicester are not afraid to go backwards to recycle the ball. But And I think the reason that that, I mean, yeah, in in sort of the middle of a match that's not really going to plan and it's not quite clicking in the final third, that does get a little bit frustrated. But you can see that there's a purpose to that. Whereas under somebody like Rodgers, it was keep the ball for keeping the ball's sake. Whereas there's a couple of times, even tonight, where I thought Dewsbury Hall or Winks should have released a pass on a bit more with a bit more pace in transition and on a counter-attack. And they've just sort of hesitated, chopped back, recycled the ball. But within 10 to 15 seconds, Leicester have moved the ball and the Norwich players across one side of the pitch, across to the other side of the pitch again. Uh, and with a, a couple of neat triangles and stuff, they're in another promising position somewhere else. So it's not methodical in a negative way. It's 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 a process that is purposeful most of the time and I think we're seeing already in these in these two most recent games against two very good sides uh, who will be up there I think challenging for promotion that that the, it is clicking more and more the more the players play this system and if I'm a another championship team I'm looking at Leicester and I'm going hang on if, if we had any hope of getting in the top six that's that's probably and I want to say definitely as a Leicester fan, that's definitely a place that's gone. We're now fighting for five places because I think we look so good already and and there's a lot more to come from that. I, I think it would be a shame for Vestergaard when Cody comes back in, but I, re- I do think that that, will, that that will happen sooner rather than later. What will be interesting is Winks hasn't really been dropped yet. Mavadidi's not really been dropped yet. Everybody else has been changed in and changed out. be interesting to see when... Cody's back fit and we're playing weekend midweek if when those changes are made does Vestergaard come back in because he also strikes me as the kind of player that needs to be playing regularly to keep himself up to speed and also to keep him happy imagine you come in have these good performances Cody comes back from his injury and then all of a sudden you're warming the bench and the manager doesn't even use you when he's changing players in other positions you'd be a bit like this is not the club for me wouldn't you well that's that's very true but I think if you're going to be playing, look what's happened in the last six days, five days. We've had the team against Southampton with our team here. 
You've got a change up front with Iheanacho and Vardy. You've got a change at the back. Uh, you've got changes in midfield in the eight position. What, five changes today overall? So if you have that and the players accept that, so maybe it's a case that, look, Cody, you know, you've had this injury. You're gonna, It's going to take you a while to be playing twice a week. So you are playing essentially one game and then the next game we can play this rotation what an amazing situation to be in the wingers it looks like it's happening um and again hopefully the players step up in each position where you can actually change you you know there will be a time when winks probably through suspension more than likely um the way he's building up the cards will be given a game off but if we have players in that position someone like a chowdhury could play in that position really um i know they wouldn't have to rely on him to do his his little turns etc but that's the way that Winks plays you know he, he Chowdhury could play in that role I know he, he's a lot more limited but he's still a, in the championship level a decent player especially say at home you'd say uh, if against a, a lower championship opposition I, I think he could easily play that role it's it's an interesting thing because you start at the season and you go okay Moreski is going to come in and he's going to basically set up this way of playing and the team or the squad have to adapt to that way or else they'll be out. And if certain players go because they're not part of his system, which is what we thought with Wilfred and Didi, he's just not part of the system and he kind of still isn't. He's just galloping around the pitch and doing his thing. And because it's at this level and he, and he is overall a, a good player still, then there's going to be times where he, he does wondrous things and he's going to be very, very useful. But it's it just shows you when a club has that in place where there is a style of football being played and not not that that's the wrong term as style of football you know you can say you're going to play uh, or attacking football or whatever high intensity football that's that that's that's all very well and good but a system is the better word there is a system of play that Leicester have there's other clubs that get away uh, that, that play uh, similar or have a system you look at Brighton, they have a system and players can filter in and out of that system. They can change and they can play a team worth £20 million or less against Man United and they look like the be- one of the best teams in the country, which they are. And because the system is working great, everyone's buying into it, everyone's fine and the players can play in those positions. And Leicester are at the moment looking like a team who have a system completely in place, it's all for the cause, it might lead to a few hairy moments at the back, but overall, when those passes forward are made, all of a sudden you see why they're doing this, because when they came forward, especially late on, they, they were, there was so much space and time, and the likes of Dewsbury Hall with umpteen different passes, and ultimately led to the second goal. And and it's what Leicester have needed for, for a long time. Um, you have teams who have good players, but if they if they don't have, you don't have to have a, a, a complete system that the way we play, you know, you can be a very good side and adapt throughout games and change and chop throughout halves of games. Look at Arsenal, for example, and I'd, I'd throw in somewhere like Man United, where at the moment you don't quite see what the plan is. But at Leicester, you do. And then you throw in the fact that we have the best squad in the championship and it's natural we're going to get games where we're going to dominate, which we've seen already. But it's natural also that you're going to have the ability to change the majority of the first team or a huge part of the first team and 
win at one of the more difficult away games of the season. I think this game will go down. Hopefully they win on Saturday, obviously. But I think this game will go down as a real marker rather than the actual game against Southampton. The 4-1 win, okay, it's going to go down as a, as a big win. Friday night, etc. You know, the most of the of the football watching public are watching. But, and going, oh, Leicester are good against one of the relegated sides. But I think those who are into the championship will look at the changes made by Leicester and the players who weren't playing and the fact that Vardy, Dewsbury Hall and Didi came off the bench, yet they still won, kept a clean sheet and gone, right, hang on, this is... This is you know, a, a really serious side, and 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 it's fantastic. And hopefully, we can get a few of the players, you know, banging a few goals in or, or, or performing to a level that we think. And we really have competition, and competition through two players being very, very good and on form. And uh, if you want to kind of, I'm trying to reel it in slightly. Someone like Ian Acho. I know he got his goal today from the penalty spot, but be, away from that. I'd say, quite frankly, it was dreadful. I thought first half his control was awful, absolutely awful. You can imagine, you can see why this cannon bloke was bought because I know he's been injured, he's you know got a fractured back or something. They could be out for however long, but you can see why they wanted someone to hold the ball up. My God, can you? Because you've got the runners from the eight positions, you've got the quick wingers, you've got that. So all of a sudden, if there's that through ball from a Winks or the goalkeeper to the halfway line and the centre-forward, if they can actually hold the ball up and lay the ball off, there you go. You Leicester are in. You know, they've got runners and their defence is going to be like, what is going on? Maybe one of the defenders has followed that centre-forward, hopefully, maybe two, and you're completely in. But honestly, uh, Kalechi Inacho, he can do that. He's good enough to do that. He really needs to be careful because... The first half today, his control was awful. And it's it's built on him controlling the ball, holding the ball up, laying it off, and we're going forwards. If he loses the ball there, then we're in, we are in trouble because our back line will push up and, and that's when we can get caught out. But it's, um, yeah, he, he, he was really poor. Grant, he scored his goal, great. You, you want a Kletchi and Nacho to be scoring goals. But... Um, it has to be for me, Jamie Vardy starting for that in that role, and hopefully we get. And Pat Sundacker ain't going to be any better, is he? With his back to goal, let's face it. You can see why he's not playing. I know there's rumours about you know a big payoff if he plays one more game, but if if he plays, he's not the guy with the back to goal. So you can completely see why. Funny enough, in a weird way, Pat Sundacker, if he was playing, would be better as a number eight at Leicester in the, in the way that they're playing, but because they go so far forward, so. Yes, it's a it's an interesting scenario, but that's the way it looks for me. It's uh, it's it's fantastic that we've got this system. It's fantastic that the players are buying into it, and then you have the stars who are flourishing. McAteer, this new lad, who I'm not going to carry on about, but um, one or two issues elsewhere. Of course, you're going to be picking that. I'd imagine Preston podcasts uh, who should be just bouncing off the walls at the moment. Fantastic. You know, what a great start to the season. But I imagine they'll pick in holes in one or two of the uh, the players. But at the moment, it's looking really good on many different fronts. Yeah, and we're, we're allowed to analyse certain things because it's not perfect. It's definitely not perfect, but it is way better than I thought it would be at this stage of Enzo Maresca's time in charge at Leicester. And we are 
here talking this evening after a 2-0 away win against Norwich, who's had, who've had a very decent start to the season. And actually, if we look at the, the table, obviously it's, it's early doors, we're, what, seven games in, but there's a, already a gap between the top three and the rest. And the, things things will change. There's, there's always a patch in the season where a couple of teams go on some ridiculous runs of, of winning or, or, or sort of going unbeaten for 10 games or whatever. Uh, and I think there will be a sticky patch for Leicester at some point. This season is bound to happen. It's a 46-game season. It's a long, old slog, the championship. But the fact that that cushion already exists so early does give you a little bit of leeway for the times when it doesn't necessarily work, for the times when you change five players in midweek and for whatever reason it doesn't quite click that time. The players that come in, uh, maybe not the the, the players to face that, that particular opponent and that their, their style of play and then the ones that come off the bench don't have time to influence the game. Those games are going to happen uh, and the longer the season goes on, Leicester are also going to be there to be shot at the longer the season goes on, people are going to become more aware of the style of play and there will be a team that comes to the King Power or hosts Leicester and get their tactics spot on to snuff out everything that that our current system of play uh, creates for us. And then there'll be other teams that will look at it and go, hang on, well, we'll have a go at that and we'll try and mirror that. And, and that's part of the challenge, really, uh, and part of the excitement of being pretty much the team that everybody is looking at to be to be the ones to to emulate, really, and to, to try and beat because we're going to be right up there at the at the top of the league. I'll tell you what I'm, I'm excited for. I've, I've caught most of most of the games this season so far, but three of the next four I'm going to be witnessing live two in the commentary box one as a supporter so i'm uh i'm actually going to have something to say about you know you you were like front row seat for fatawu on his um uh on that uh, debut performance that you really enjoyed pete i'm actually going to be able to watch properly not through a broadcast camera but actually with my own eyes for three out of the next four games i'm looking forward to it yes well hopefully uh hopefully he has a sparkling performance again and and um Sets the league alike, I suppose, is what is what you want to say. But anyway, it's yeah, it, it's going very well. And I, I I commented today actually at work about the fact that if we're asked to win, then there, there is a small gap developing. And and then you look at the game uh, coming up. You're playing Bristol City, the return of of, of Nige. Um very exciting against a side who are doing well on it. Bristol City, just outside the the playoffs, which I know it's an early stages, but still. Um, and then you look at away from that. I know you got Liverpool in the. Uh, in the League Cup, but Blackburn away, who you know, are going to be a tricky test, but it, they, they lost today at home to, to Sunderland, who are always going to be dangerous scoring goals. And then you've got the what could be a top-of-the-table clash against Preston. Um, and then Stoke, and then Swansea, and then Sunderland. So, yeah, the games roll on, don't they? And um, it's going to be very, very interesting to see where Leicester are in a few games' time. But... The problem we had was we we sat here before and saying, well, we've got a game coming up against Hull and if they win this, then, you know, Bristol City are going to be no mugs. And the way that Leicester are playing, you just wonder whether teams will look at the way that Hull came to Leicester, went man for man. 
and kind of went well we trust ourselves to be as good as you and and if that's the case then we can we can snuff out your play unless you you know you'll beat our man that's where if they do play that role they would need to change things a bit quicker that was the one problem that they Leicester had they didn't support the centre forward enough in that game Jewsbury Hall had an off day he wanted to do absolutely everything and he didn't it didn't work out at all um and they needed to bring uh, Cassidy on earlier who played almost as a centre forward alongside Vardy at the time and then obviously Fatou came on and was was fantastic but they still didn't create that chance that golden chance really so you you just look at them at home and go are they going to have an awful lot of possession but not create enough um or not support the centre forward enough which we've had over the years and it's always a danger when you play that one centre forward um, I, th- I think with the players that we've got it probably won't be the case especially if Cassidy plays I just don't think it's going to be the case and I think also if someone like Fatou plays the way he can get to the byline and y- you're just not going to live with him unless you've read him as a, as a fullback you're just not going to live with him and then someone like Cassidy in the centre will be um, very useful because he is a unit he is a, a unit. Um, I know there was a few kind of uh, smirks and kind of who's this guy when we bought him, when the pictures emerged of him. And I mentioned the size of his neck. It's like, he's like, it's, it's like the same size the way he goes up. You know, his hips and then his shoulders and his neck's about the same size. You know, it's ridiculous. And he, he is fairly, I say fairly slow. He's a big lad. So I'm probably doing a disservice there. But I'm just looking at someone like him where the amount of possession we have is going to be a lot higher at home and I'm just thinking a King Power might be his venue and I'd like to see him play at home because he will support the centre forward whoever it is he will get so far forward and act as a 10 pretty much or right alongside and that's what I'd like to see because the one thing well first of all it would help on crosses it would help from the wingers getting to the byline etc or getting balls into the middle you've got an extra player in there first of all he's also tall Uh, he scores goals we know we can do that but the other thing he'll do is take the pressure off Dewsbury Hall. And in commentary, we we're hearing today um, about Dewsbury Hall, they were singing his praises and that, saying, oh, yeah, he's one of the best players in the league. He is one of the best players in the league. But even one of the best players in the league, tr- when he tries to do everything, he, 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 he can't do it. And that's what he did against Hull. He tried to do everything. And because... Uh, indeed, he didn't have a great game in that eight position... I'd like to see Cassidy play and it means Dewsbury Hall can drop a little bit deeper, help out Winks, but also be that genuine box-to-box player. Knowing that if he's actually back in defence helping and he looks up and passes the ball forward or is part of a movement, he might not have to be the guy on the end of things because he's got Cassidy in the similar position who's actually helping the centre forward. With Ndidi herring across absolutely everywhere, who knows um, where where he could end up. But I think with Cassidy is that you, you get that guaranteed player in the penalty area and that just takes the pressure off Drewsbury Hall, relaxes his shoulders slightly and he can then play the ball around and follow the ball like you see all good players do, like you see Winks do. What you want Drewsbury Hall, in, in my opinion, is you've got Winks who inside his own half and just inside the opposition half will get the ball, will pass the ball square, but what does he do? He follows the ball to give another option. Here's the ball. I'm running towards you. So it, all of a sudden, if you're in trouble, give it back. Or I'm going for a one-two. Or I'm making his move. He's not moving away from the ball hardly ever. He's moving towards the ball for a follow-up pass. Now, Dewsbury Hall, 
I'd love him to be that player, but further forward, gets the ball, passes, makes that move further. I'll carry on this move. I can pass the ball out wide, even if it's just a layoff to me. Or lay it off to me and I can take a shot from distance. We know he can score. Be that dominating player in the eight position. Let Winks do that further back and be that player, knowing that if you do pass the ball forward and get a little layoff from Vardy and you follow in the ball and then you just um, caress the ball out wide to the winger, you will get into the penalty area. But you know that behind you, you've got Cassidy making his way. Indeed, he could be anywhere. Uh, the Turkish guys probably fell over. But like, if you've got Cassidy there, you know he's going to be probably the focal point in the penalty area for that cross. That's what I'd like Juice Bill, just to take that pressure off him. Um, he tried to do absolutely everything against Hull, but we shall see against Bristol City. Yeah, so home game, three o'clock Saturday. I'm there in the commentary box for the first time this season. Big Nige on his way back. Matty James centre mid. Andy King warming the bench. Be a few uh, very nice warm round of applause, uh, rounds of applause rather for those three. Uh, so you'd start a midfield three of Winks, Cassidy, uh, and Dewsbury Hall. You've said Vardy over Ianacho, which uh, I agree with, and that's probably going to be the case. They're going to alternate starting roles when we're playing uh, weekend and midweek games. Mavadidi looks sort of nailed on to start left-hand side. McAteer would be absolutely gutted if he didn't get another start of the king power, the, the fact that the, the impact that he's having on the games. So then you're looking really at the at the defence. Ricardo Pereira obviously will, will come back in. I, I can't see anything... Uh, other than that happening, Ricardo in for Chowdhury. And then probably the only other thing is, is Cody ready to start a game? And if so, does he do what Pete wants and replace Doyle? Or does he do what I think he's going to do and replace Vestergaard? I think other than that, we can pretty much pick the Leicester team, which is interesting considering we've just had a good old conversation about the fact that the, the team is very interchangeable and there's competition for places. But I think... It will revert most of the five changes that have happened uh, tonight will reverse themselves and, and we'll go back to the team that we saw beat Southampton 4-1. And there's absolutely no reason why on Saturday we can't turn Bristol City over. Decent start to the season, uh, only lost once. Nigel Pearson's teams are always difficult to beat, you know that. Matty James, when he actually had a run of games in a Leicester show, which was not very often at all, but you could tell there's a proper footballer there. And he looks to me, I mean, I don't watch everything about Bristol City, but uh, because of James and Pearson and King, I do, I do have a sort of look at when the score uh, scores come in, I check who's lined up. And Matty James seems to be playing pretty regularly in centre mid. So it'd be nice to see him, but I hope that Jewsbury Hall shows that... Uh, that we've got a, a better midfielder there, uh, if not one of the best in the in the championship. I thought Chris Sutton was blowing plenty of smoke up his backside in the commentary tonight. He was almost like Yuan Fatawu uh, Sutton on Dewsbury Hall. Yeah, it was really it was. Uh, I, I'm the same with Bristol City. I, I take a look for their for their results. Uh, quite remarkable, really, that Matty James is playing all these games and doing really well because of his injury record. It's uh, uh, you know tip of the cap to him. It's uh, yeah, it's going to be a difficult game. Uh, the, the only I completely agree with the side. I can't see Connor Cody coming in at all and starting. It'll be the same defense surely, but with um, with with Pereira coming in, but. I, I, the only difference would be is if they don't play Cassidy from the start, because again, he, he's obviously started today. So if it's the case that you're going to be dropped or you're going to be replaced, um, then there could be the option of maybe playing 
Fatuwu out wide and bring in someone like Mavadidi into that 8-10 role. Because if you've got, again, a Dewsbury Hall, you can maybe say just go slightly further back, you know, a little bit deeper. Um, that could easily be the case. If he's playing um, that good in there, then why, why can't you play Mavadidi? That will be the... Uh, the decision it depends obviously who the fullbacks are at, at Bristol City, which uh, off the top of me I don't know. Um, if there's a if they look at their fullbacks and go right, there's a real chance there, then um, they could look at Mavidi and say look, stick on him, or they look at the Fatu and say right, this lad's actually not very good. Um, you've got this, you can skin him all day long um, and see how we get on. But uh, yeah, I, I I can't. I mean, I'm I'm so glad we got the clean sheet today as well. Um, some some really good saves by the goalkeeper, you know, good reaction saves. But I think um, I think Bristol City are a dangerous side. But when it comes to Saturday, Rob, I'm not going to be quite as ex- exuberant with my prediction as I was against Hull. But I think Leicester are starting to click, and I can hopefully see Leicester dominating this one, but also dominating. And keeping another clean sheet. And I'm going to go for 2-0. I am going to go more goals. I think you're right about it clicking for Leicester. And I think that being at home for the first time in a few games and, and the Leicester fans seeing up close how it is clicking will create a great atmosphere. And but I do still think we've got a Southampton in us in in giving the ball away in our own half. I mean we've proved that every game so far. I'll go for the same margin, but I'll go three one. Three one, eh? All right. So uh, three one and a uh, and a two nil. Now when it comes to the fancy football, Rob, I've had an absolute disaster. Um, there was an interesting uh, there was a tweet actually from from FPL. The, the official one saying, "Oh, this this guy's had a nightmare, and it, he wild carded and only got twenty five points." And I'm like, oh "My God, I a wild carded and I only got thirty two points." So I was nearly, <laughs> nearly highlighted by um by the the official Twitter handle. That would have been terrible. But um, yeah, not gone well for me. What about you? Before I do the top ten, I had a fantastic week. I've had a, I've had two very very high scoring weeks, and I'm actually higher than you in the league table, which would be very pleased to know. I saw that you'd wildcarded and scored very low, and I uh, had a little chuckle to myself. I am. Um, oh, thank you very much. In the dizzy heights of seventy third, I got sixty six points this week, and I'm just having a quick scroll through the sixty um, six for the for Fox Eight League. And I, I mean, I'm doing this very quickly right now, but I haven't seen. Oh, I've just seen one person in nineteenth who got seventy one. I've not seen anybody else who got higher than me. And I don't think very many got higher than me last week as well. And the fact that I've only climbed to 73rd would tell you how dreadful my start has been. But I've kept faith with the team and they are starting to come good. Yeah, well, you, when you when you wildcard, you wildcard not for the first week, you wildcard for the next three weeks, four weeks, don't you? So like, anyway, anyway, on to the top 10. Here we go. <laughs> So in 10th place, we have Ravsacks from Mags Magnuson, who's on 316 points. There's a few others on 316, but he's top uh, by the way that they work out the league, however that is. In 9th place, 318 points, uh, James Harden, with James Harden, uh, 65 points by the way he got. Uh, up into 8th place, it's uh, Richard uh, Torrio 
with uh, Trevor Reese James FC, 319 points. Seventh place, 319 points. Steve Curtin with AFC, uh, AFC Lost and Found at 322 points. Sixth place for uh, Ha Harland, uh, Giles Lamming Harmer uh, with his team, 62 points. So really good score. Top five in fifth place, 325 points. Owen White with Los Banditos. Uh, and that's 325 points. 325 points also in fourth place. Octavia uh, Niombi with Queen Power Foxes at 60 points at 325. 327 points is the third place team down into third place for Jack Flanagan, How I Met Your Matter. At 329 points is second place, and that's um, Jimmy Floyd uh, Bottlebank and Liam Squires. And then at top of the shop, it's Jack Wright with a Well Cottage Cheese, 338 points. So there's a gap at the top now. There's a nine-point gap between first and second. And um, so there's no Dennis team. Pickford, Cash, Saliba, Nogi, Saka, Wemo, Rashford, Sire, Barnes, Alvarez, and Harley. he's playing things there. So that's the FPL. <laughs> Anything else, Rob? So you're going to be at the King Power. Which game am I doing? We're actually going to do a game together, aren't we? We are, for the first time in a very long time. We've got uh, Preston uh, two weeks today. Yeah. Uh, Just a nod on the FPL, by the way. Top of the league at the minute, Jack Wright. He'll be delighted to get a mention on the podcast. I'm going to uh, Liverpool away with him uh, this time next week. So uh, I shall... uh, Give him a congratulatory pat on the back for being top of the tree at this stage. But yeah, me and you, two weeks today in the commentary box, and we'll do a podcast there. And it probably, well, I know for sure it's the first time we've seen each other in person since my wedding, which was (laughs) over 18 (laughs) months ago. Uh, And I think it's got to be, with COVID and everything, it's probably the first time that we've commentated on a game together uh, for it must be four or five years, which is absolutely crazy. I was going to say four years. I was going to say I was going to say four years. Um, have I seen you since your wedding in person? I don't think so. Hmm. I don't know. I don't think so either. Hey, but, um, speak it of. Well, yeah. I mean, to be honest, <laughs> this uh, this this game against Preston's uh, come in time because it could have been the fact that I've not seen you since your wedding, and the next time you see me will be at mine. <laughs> <laughs> and we only get together on the special occasions, mate. Oh my god. Um, anyway, so yeah, but we're doing we're doing it. But what we'll do is we'll do a podcast when we're there. So we'll do it before the game, kind of half time after. We'll just we'll, we'll we'll rinse the pod, ignore the actual broadcast, and <laughs> we'll just do for fuck's sake. But yeah, that's going to be fantastic. I saw it on the list and I was like, oh, there we go. Um, but uh, but, but uh, yeah, I managed to actually, to be honest, I managed to talk uh, Kim around actually to uh, letting me go to that game, Rob. So it nearly didn't happen, but uh, um, because it was just at the start of a holiday. But anyway, that's 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 just, uh, but it's, it's all fine. It's all fine. Um, so there we go. That's it for the podcast. Leicester are flying. HMS Pista League is at full steam. And um, I think we've got an absolutely awesome winger. Um, I could be wrong. He could be absolutely garbage. But from what I've seen so far, I'm really, really impressed. Even today against Norwich. Like, what did he do? Well, not really. He did do a lot, did he? No. Like, 
the actual things he did were really, really good. Like very, very good. Like way, and he just did it in the style. It's like I think he, he just, I think he knows now. I think he knows. Like, hang on, I've got, I've, I've got this league, league sorted, you know. So, um, how much is the buyout clause? Is it fifteen million pounds? We're going to buy him for if we, if we, if we buy him. I think, I think you're going to end up paying that by the, by the end of this podcast. What after the money I've spent on on, on this wedding, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, <laughs> but um, but there we go. So anyway, we're back. I'm back from Invictus and all that malarkey, and uh, hopefully we'll be back uh, with um, a. Well, you've got your eyes on the ground. You got the boots on the ground in the camp with you going to Anfield and um, and all that. Don't stay in any hotels in that area. I stayed at one for the Open Championship. My God in heaven, it was awful. And I'm talking. Really, really bad. That's that's for a discussion off the podcast. But Christ alive! Um, so you're going there. When's that? Next week? Yeah. So I'm, I'm commentating Bristol City Saturday, and then I'm going to Anfield as a fan. Uh, week today, next Wednesday. Week today. Okay. Well, we'll reconvene with the podcast either after that game or maybe before that. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But sometime next week, we'll be back with you. Uh, so thanks for listening to Fox Sake. And make sure you uh, subscribe. Make sure you leave a rating as well. If you haven't left a rating, just leave a rating. If you listen to this on Apple, Apple Podcasts, for example, just click on uh, however many stars you like or on Spotify or on uh, SoundCloud. However you listen, just give us a rating. Uh, follow us at FFSPod on Twitter for Fox 8 Podcast, FFSPod. And uh, if you're on Facebook, just type in for Fox 8 Podcast. You can find us on there. Uh, for Fox 8 Podcast at gmail.com is the email address. And I can't think of anything else, Rob, apart from uh, the fact that Leicester is second and we've got an awesome winger and also one that's a bit rubbish. Mm-hmm.